He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast, a recording some have described as a comedy, self-help, military history, U.S. <laughs> hypocrisy, exploration of one man's thoughts crying out in the dark, a lonely man, God's only man, as Travis Bickle referred to himself, and probably somebody much before him. I don't feel like I'm God's only man. I don't feel like I'm crying in the dark. I feel like I'm well aligned with a great deal of society. I just feel like my voice doesn't get heard. You know, when when are we going to listen to the white man's voice in this country? I hope your week is off to a great start. I this is a this is a podcast today of of confession of you know I might call it coming clean, breaking good. I might call it like like Leah, is it Remini? Remini? You know, like going clear. That's what I'm doing today. I'm, I'm coming clean. I have to make a couple, I have to acknowledge a couple things that I realize have let you down as an audience without you necessarily, well, you knew about one of them probably. But two primary things I feel like I have been, uh, I've not lived up to my end of the bargain in the recordings. The first is last time we spoke on when I was doing the Alfresco recording on Friday, I realized right after I saved the recording and posted it that I left a hanging chad. I left y'all hanging. Don't leave me. Remember, don't leave me hanging. Hey, I'm right here. Don't leave me hanging. And remember, boys, if you feel like anyone's leaving you hanging, just fucking take it into your own hands. Be a gentleman. And uh, circle back the next day. Not necessarily in that order. Be a gentleman. Tip your cap. Have a nice day. Go take care of yourself. Go pay for some sex from a worker who needs the money. And live to fight another day. Okay? Learn about yourself through rejection. We bomb. We have to. It sucks, but it's how we grow. Here's how I left you hanging. Last Friday, when I was recording the All Fresco podcast, and I know that that bird was out there just cocainically letting itself be known that freak, 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 freak. Friday, Friday, maybe it was singing. Friday, Friday, gotta get down on parakeet day. Wasn't a parakeet. Parakeets don't live outside. Who cares? I'm not leaving you hanging right now. What I'm talking about is, I realized I started to talk about the wisdom in quotation marks, of stand-up comics in the green room and how I knew that Bitcoin was going to be a bit dodgy when I heard, whenever it was, a few years ago, stand-up comics opining about it. Or you, you hear stand-up comics talking about day trading. You know what I mean? And it's like, hmm, that's a sign, respectful. I'm being trying to be very respectful of my my cohort here my crew but you sometimes just hear comics talking out of their ass about stuff but because you have a microphone and I started to say this or you're accustomed to having a microphone in your hand you might gently assume that you're an authority right so I started talking about that with the idea that I was going to a place to refer to some ridiculous uh, information that I heard from a comic and then 
after I finished the podcast on Friday, I realized I never actually got to the goddamn thing that the comic told me. Or at least I don't think so. At least I don't think I did. Because I made a note. I said, hey, you need to circle. I made a note. I said to myself, self, you need to circle back with that good patient audience supporting, unwavering in their loyalty to, to me and the show. And close that loop. Your brain goes. I mean, it's Monday morning now. I'm drinking a cup of delicious espresso. My brain is loosening up. It's going through the gears. It's going through the calisthenics. But on Friday, I mentioned that, as always, I was talking about sleep, probably. And then I was going to go into some advice that I heard from a... Advice. Some statement that I heard from a comic. And... Yeah, but I don't think I finished the goddamn thing, did I? My brain feels like it didn't. If it did, then you're and, and you're like, no, dude, you wrapped it up beautifully. Then send me a message at yesjoesmith at gmail.com or Instagram yesjoesmith and say, no, dude, you're losing your goddamn marbles. But I don't think I closed the loop. I think somehow I went on to talk about making trade-offs and, you know, greatness. You can be great. If you commit to one thing, rarely are people good at multiple different things. Though apparently Taylor Swift is great at a lot of different things. I heard from the buzz that is in my house. My wife was gone yesterday for eight and a half hours (laughs) to see Taylor Swift. I'm not going to let that derail me right now. But I thought I was talking about ridiculous things I've heard comics say in green rooms as more or less fact, like they're passing it off as expertise. And last week in the Laughing Skull green room, I saw a comic I hadn't seen in a minute, and he said, hey, Joe, how are you doing? And I wanted to give him a thoughtful answer, so I said, uh, hold on, let me go do this thing, and I came back and said, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. I like my act, you know, usual comic shit. I'm getting the work I want to get. But I said, since you asked, the the rub for me, the primary challenge is staying up late. And I mentioned this, staying up late and uh, doing something I love and getting up early to be around people I love. And I'm not the first stand-up comic to uh, have this challenge, I know. Uh, I just love my children more than other comics do. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. Probably true for some, not true for others. And he said, and this is where I was trying to go with the loop that should have been closed. He said, you know, they tell us that you need eight hours of sleep, but that's not necessarily true. I was like, okay, go on. Anytime, by the way, this person or any other comic or any other human being says they, I'm like, all right, we need to clarify who this boogeyman is out there. But he said, they say you need that or they tell us that, but that's not true. As a matter of fact, there is science that says uh, a lot of people can do just fine with four and a half hours of sleep a night. Four, four and a half. And he goes, how do you know you're not that guy? And, you know, I know impossibly well I'm not that guy because anytime I get less than seven hours of sleep, I feel like a real grump. So there are numerous red flags here. One is they. I'm like, anytime anybody sets up that, what you'd call a straw man argument, 
they say just enables you to say on the other side, well, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So he wanted, he said they, and then he said, he, he was intimating, he was suggesting the idea that I have, I think, I, I don't want to oversimplify his words, but <laughs> they were ripe for, they were kind of, you know, they were right there. He almost made it sound like I was a prisoner in my mind. And I'm like, well, you know, okay. I was a prisoner of my mind, of my thought pattern, of the system, the they that had told me all along I need eight hours of sleep, that if I don't get eight hours of sleep, I feel tired. And I'm using quotation marks that you can't see. I feel tired. Rather than what I'm experiencing is tiredness, true, low energy, low T. <laughs> How's your T? By the way, I'm getting to that age where pretty soon my pecker should not work. But the last time I checked, it, which was not, how recent was it? Anyway, uh, I can't wait for that day where it's like, sorry, dear. It just, uh, you know, it's uh, all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I need you to stay to say that I was or today. Anyway, he's suggesting that like, I'm, I, what I wouldn't be experiencing at four hours of sleep was real, but that the system, and comics are always up for a good conspiracy, the system had conspired to make me think that if I don't get eight hours, that I'm tired rather than truly feeling that way. And I was like, ah, that's bullshit. I, I don't think so. I didn't say it that strongly because I don't see this guy all that all that often, and and more cordial, but I don't have a, like, dude, you're full of shit relationship with him. It's a little more kind of bi-directionally respectful. We don't break each other's balls a ton. So I didn't say, I'm like, ah, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm like, I'm not sure about that. Rather than like, if it's someone I'd know really well, I'd be like, dude, you're fucking out of your mind. So I was like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And then another comic who was a neutral party said he started to speak up and say yeah actually all of the evidence says something like you need at least six and a half hours and people who are in the four hour three hour don't need to sleep um it's bullshit and if it exists they are way off the distribution and multiple standard deviations they're almost error they're um black swans or whatever that expression is they don't, it's just a freak of nature, if you will. But I didn't close, the, and that's all. There's not a whole lot to take from that, other than one person was alleging that uh, the system has conspired to make me feel like I need a full night's sleep. I'd known enough to know that's not true, but I didn't like go too strongly against it. But this is just me closing the loop on some things comics say and allege because they read about it. I don't know where he found this information. Or let me let me rephrase that. I don't want to say where he found this information because I don't necessarily perceive a lot of information in what he was giving me. I don't know how he developed this idea in his head. Is a better way to say it. And that you know, I w that you're not tired. You just feel tired. <laughs> Whoa, it's like shallow how right? I, I'm not. You're not fat, you just feel fat. Or you're not thin, you just feel thin. Well, what's the, 
you know, what's the deal? So I didn't close the loop on that. It was a ridiculous, I thought, um, I don't want to use the word insight loosely, a ridiculous thought that I just didn't close the loop on. And, uh, and I know because on Saturday night I slept for like maybe six hours and was bleary eyed and, uh, felt like crap until me time on Sunday when, when I took a hard one and a half hour nap. Anyway, so that's me closing the loop on that. I apologize for doing that. I know sometimes I'm prone to flights of whatever they are, streams of consciousness, my brain activation working the way it is. All of us have brains that work kind of like that way where, you know, you'll be looking at a light switch and then, uh, you know, then you'll turn to the person next to you and be like, I don't know, I think I should take a sailing class. And they're like, where the fuck did that come from? And then what you have to do for them is like, at least I occasionally do with my wife, is say, here's why I'm saying this. I was looking at the light switch, and the light switch made me think about electricity and how you don't ever want to mix electricity with water because that's dangerous and it could electrocute you. However, if you're out on the ocean in a sailboat, the danger is not probably electricity so much as it is the, the elements or a shark or a Somali pirate or whatever it is. Anyway, I was thinking about that, and then the sailboat made me think maybe I should take some sailing lessons. You know, like that, like... That's sort of, and I just made that up. That's just how a, I think spreading activation of your brain works. This node pops up, and now it's going to take me to this node. And I'm aware that my brain does that. And I talk about it when sometimes you hear it coming out live. I feel like it's irresponsible as a narrator or as someone who, <laughs> who opens the contents of his mind to not actually close it off and say, here's actually what what that was about or where that thread took me or how that thread is going to tie back to the first point I made that hopefully you invested in listening to the, the thing I was going to say or the that is the podcast. So I started to say on Friday, comics in the green room sometimes present ridiculous information and I don't believe I ever got to the ridiculous information and that is, no, dude, you're not tired. What you are is you are a mental slave to a system. And I don't like using that word. That's not a word. Mental, you're, you're mentally dependent. You, you become a prisoner. That's better. That's a better word. You become a prisoner of this mentality that tells you if you don't sleep for seven or eight hours that you're tired, right? And that's just bullshit. <laughs> that's, so there, that's me closing the loop, Okay out of respect for you. I have another uh, coming clean. That's today's episode is going to be called coming clean. <laughs> I know if, if, if it's you that uses those terms to think <laughs> that's you, bro. It's not me. Um, but I want to first tell, well, you know what, maybe, you know what, I'll tell you about it. I'll, I'll come clean and then I'll show you the implications of coming clean, and I think we'll, we'll have a little bit of payoff in the end. But how, do, how does that sound? This punchline show I did last night, which I had the lowest of expectations for, I actually said 25 minutes in in this freezing wind, it was outside, I was like, hey, do you want to 
you want to just wrap it up and get out of here? And they're like, they're like, no. Or, or I'm like, do you want to hear some more? They're like, more. They, I got like an encore in the middle or the three quarters of the way through my set because I'd, I'd give them their money's worth. They were all, we were all having a good time. But I said something like, ah, we should just get out of here or something like that. And I, we, we've done the job, right? And they're like, no, 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 more, more. I'm like, all right, here's another 10 or 15 minutes. The punchline, and don't worry. I'm going to come clean on the other thing after I tell you very brief, briefly about the punchline show in Milton, Georgia at, uh, at a brewery called Six Bridges Brewing, which they have two locations. I think I've done a show at one of the other ones. Anyway, it was, uh, I had the lowest of expectations because I don't like brewery shows, first of all. I don't, uh, and it's my own challenge. You've heard me talk about it with Ella J and other outside of Atlanta populations. I am sometimes as guilty as projecting my, projecting into them as they are to me. And I've really worked on, you've heard me talk about it, just fucking go and say the shit and see what happens rather than, they're going to think about this, or they're gonna. I've gotten so much better about that. I think that Ella J experience, they were just fragile human beings. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I'm, but like that, like going 40 minutes outside the city or whatever it is to a uh, moneyed exurb of Atlanta, which is probably largely conservative. Conservative people don't have the best sense of humor, and neither do liberal people. Who do? Black people. Um, what does that mean? Do with it what you will. I'm just talking shit. So I'm not ever like hyped to go outside the perimeter. It's always just a bit of a curiosity to me to see uh, what the crowd's going to be like. But I'm much more uh, strong of mind, strong like bull. And I'm just going to go say my shit and I'm going to do my act. And if it works, it works. There was a comic who went on before me. And I'll tell you about this in just a second about what happened. My set. It was fucking great. <laughs> he fast forward. He had a good set, dude. Let's get back to the coming clean thing. I will. Why don't I also take a breath here? You just got to do your act is what you got to do. Regardless of who you think is in the audience, just do your, you have to do you. You can't ask them. You can't. Show weakness. You can't try to connect. Like can't get. Try to like we're friends or I'm like you or you're like me. None of that. You just have to do your act, be you, and take your swings. Um, the owner of the comedy club, the comedy club, the owner of the punchline comedy club was there, and he was talking to another comic who was on before me, who was. They were talking in baseball analogies, and I could tell that the guy who was going up earlier in the show wasn't hyped about it. He was doing things like telling me, I don't think this is going to be one I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to record, or uh, I don't know if uh, the, you know, the wind is going to affect the sound. And He wasn't, he wasn't being, um, it was just like one of those things, he, he was talking in a way that comics talk bef when they're trying to give themselves bomb cover. Know what I mean? Like, well, comics know what I mean. In comics, sometimes we will set ourselves up. We'll give ourselves a bomb cover. That is explanation for the bomb or how if we bomb, it wouldn't be a total surprise. It's nothing that unlike anything I talk about on this show. It's like 
It's making yourself feel less bad about not being successful at the thing you wanted to be successful at. That's what it comes down to. We all do it in life. And I'm not picking on this guy or any other comic. But he was talking with the owner of the comedy, of the punchline, in terms like, um, like it, it was not super optimistic. And he's like, I'm just going to try to, you know, put the ball in play, like using baseball analogy. And then the, I heard the owner of the punchline say, uh, you know, that's all I need, singles and doubles and move the runners along. And I'm like, all right. And, and I just, I overheard him and I kind of poked my head in and said, just want to be clear that I don't, I don't have a lot of singles and doubles. Mine are either, I'm a modern day baseball player from what I understand the game of baseball is now. It's either home runs or strikeouts. And, and that's kind of what my act is. And I said it just to, I don't think provide myself bomb cover, but maybe I just said it like, Hey, you know, I I'm either home run or strikeout and see you in another two innings. What was the point of that? The point is, um, that that's that's what the point is. That's how you have to do it. You have to do your act and stand in it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you can't not do your act or not be yourself or whatever it is. So I'm thinking home runs or strikeouts. That's kind of how it is anyway. All right, take it easy, dude. Have another sip of that espresso. So I get up to this place which is 40 minutes it's a it clearly it's money up there that is investing in probably what was formerly agricultural areas and they're putting in breweries and you know Vietnamese restaurants and uh, or pho restaurants you know kind of like making little downtowns you've heard me do shows in these places before where it's like there's nothing for miles around and then it's just like boom here's a whole town square that popped up in the last five years and there's all these people drinking beer, pushing their kids around and living their lives. Good for them. The show, though, at the brewery was on the roof. Uh, and by the way, it was like felt like 50 degrees uh, on the street. But this was on the roof, which geographically or at least uh, architecturally, I guess, felt like it was on the corner of a roof. So it was taking a big wind and it was fucking freezing up there. It was cold and I was so I almost left without a a top shirt or a jacket and I would have frozen my, I froze my nuts off anyway balls off pardon me frozen my nuts you don't hear that too much anymore nutsack <laughs> I might have told my wife that sometime in the last couple of weeks you don't hear that expression nutsack anymore she looked over at me like huh glad that was on your mind <laughs> do you also want to take sailing lessons <laughs> so it's cold it's, but I get up there on the roof, and there are 40, 50 people there. The comedy promoters are excellent at what they do. I mean, good ones. I, would ne I, I thought, and I joked on the last podcast, that there would be ones or fives of people up there. There were a, a, a full-throated 50 people on that roof, and that's more than enough for a comedy show, even under gray skies and a howling wind. So this is going to be fun. So... This, the format was, I think there were two comics that did 10 minutes each and then two comics after who did like 15 or 20 and then I closed and did 30, 35. That was, that was the lineup. So what is that? Four before me. And I know, I know the, the best, the comic I know the best was the first one. 
um, and he's really dark. I like him, and, and comics tend to like his jokes, uh, but it's it's pretty dark. It's dark, especially when it's first. But he did fine. Uh, he just he comes across as kind of and I, he if he doesn't I don't know if he listens or not. He comes across he doesn't come across as not creepy. He looks like he's in the Adams family a little bit, which I like. I like I don't look like that, but I I like fucking guys doing his thing. But you never know how he's going to go over it. But he's such a good joke writer that it usually works. And he doesn't break. He stays in He stays in his act. So it was him, a Jewish woman, and she, she told the crowd that. I don't keep score of how many Jews are on my show. It's usually a lot. I don't keep score. Anyway. And then a, the, one of the duties said he was just going to hit singles, who referred to himself as an Italian. And then the last person uh, before me was due to refer to himself as a Viking. And then I went up, and I'd been there for the whole show. I, I watched everyone, most of the whole show, but I was just in the, I was in the information, and this is why comics, I think you shouldn't drink or get high before your sets. I was sober as Bill White when I went up there, and I had all of the stuff in my brain that you need. I had all the arrows in their quivers, in my quiver, and, and by that I mean I had a joke about the exit I took on the highway. I had a quick little joke about performing here and not with Taylor Swift. I had a quick little joke about the weather. I, just like all of it to put myself in the moment and very importantly for the audience, tell them I'm here with you. I'm, we're situated right here in this same situation. I've been part of it. And I just went up and I said, Make a lot of noise for all the comics you saw. The Viking, the Italian, the Jew, and the pedophile. And, you know, that's not how I open every set. Certainly out there, maybe, where I feel people might be a touch more sensitive. But they went up at it. And it was great. And we were off to the races. I said that I was... um, My wife had an extra ticket to Taylor Swift and asked me if I wanted to go. And I'm like, I'm going to actually go up to Crabapple and you know, simulate what it's like performing stand-up comedy on an aircraft carrier. It was that goddamn cold. Anyway, we had a great time, and it was a blast, and you just just do your act, okay? But here's the point I'm going to get to. There's no point about that. It was really fun. Do your act, and, and swing for the fences. Because I think, now that I think about it, I'm not talking about the other comic. If you're just trying to advance the runners, that's all you're going to do. Swing, swing, swing big. <laughs> so that's what I did, and I had a blast, and did like, like I said, 30, 35 minutes, good time. Gave, gave out coasters, followers, all that stuff. Here's the podcast. So, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, and, and you're still listening now, meaning if you just heard about the podcast from my, from talking to me at the show on Sunday night, and you're still listening 27 minutes in. Kudos. We're going to get along just well, just fine. Normally, I think, I don't know, what's the average number of podcast listens you would have to have here to to get the idea of the show? Three? Is that enough? Is, is three enough to figure out what I'm, <laughs> quotation marks, trying to do? So, that was it. it. It was a blast. Had a really good time. And just do your act. That's it. Just be you. Right, I, I was a little off color. I said, a little, you know, like Jew pedophile. Like, it's not how I open a set, and I always do it kind of winkingly. 
But I'm just going for it, and, and there we were. Well, you're like, well, they don't like Jews or pedophiles up there either. It's not that I don't like them. <laughs> At least half one of those groups. Anyway, really fun, and thank you to everyone who came out and said nice things after. And thank you for the, uh, the encore in the middle of the show. It was really nice. I did get home by about 9 o'clock. The babysitter was here. She'd seen Taylor Swift on Saturday night and was still over the moon. My daughter and I dropped my wife off at her friend's house at 4 o'clock Sunday. And then the babysitter came over at 5.30. I left a little bit after that to go to Crabapple, Milton, Georgia to do the show. Babysitter was here until 9, 9.15. I let her go. Daughter was asleep. Everything was rosy. I was ticketed to have my eyes closed. Speaking of what I'm, and I'm, this is going to dovetail into what I really wanted to come clean about. I was going to be asleep by about 11 o'clock. But my wife, I don't want to say kept texting me, but my wife was texting me. My wife was communicating. The show's still going. Uh, she sent a couple videos. She, she FaceTimed me when the show was over. So... It was not, I, I did not get to go to sleep at 11 o'clock on Sunday night. But I was ready to, and that's what's very important. I was ready to go to sleep at 11 o'clock. She didn't get home until, and now I, I understand a little bit more. I was like, God, she's not home. I can't go to sleep. She's probably like how she is every fucking night. Um, anyway, because I'm out. I, I empathize. So I stayed up a little bit longer, kind of like, trying to fall asleep I turned the TV off I'm just sort of I was just watching soccer highlights and uh, I think she probably got home like at 1230 or something like that I knew the show was great so we didn't have to do a big uh, and then she got my daughter a $45 t-shirt that my daughter rejected this morning because she thought she got her like a cupcake or a birthday cake or something she didn't want a shirt that's just cloth my wife's like, I got you a surprise, girl. My wife, my, my daughter, of course, is like, is it, you know, like I say, is it a pie? Is it cotton candy? Is it some exotic sweet sugary food? My wife's like, no, here is a black shirt with this girl's picture all over it. My daughter's like, I didn't want that. And we're like, you will be grateful. <laughs> the point I make, the reason I mentioned I was ticketed to go to sleep at 11 o'clock is that would be the magic solution to my life if I could go to sleep every night at 11 o'clock, but I just simply can't do it. All right, why are you talking about 11 o'clock? Why are you talking about solution to your life? You have a great life. You're working towards your primary objectives, creative, artistic fulfillment, and financial independence, and you're making progress on both. That show last night in Milton confirmed one of those things for me. So, here's the coming clean moment. I talk to you every twice a week and probably at least on 50% of the podcast do I mention doing what makes you feel most like yourself as the, as the path to fulfillment, a path to This is me, a path to peace, if you will. A path, let's say fulfillment. Doing, most, doing what makes you most feel like yourself. Right? I talk about that frequently. 
And I try to use examples from my own life. Like I'll say, I slept. <laughs> that makes me feel, or I went back to sleep after my daughter went to school. I got a full hour and a half cycle, uh, and I feel great. I'm not talking about that makes me feel like most like myself. But what that did on those days, I've mentioned it, is it enabled me to have a window sometime later in the day where I could block out all the distractions. I could work on material. And when I've told you I've done that, I've expressed the yield. I have a new bit that is now twice as long, or an older bit that's twice as long as it used to be, and it has a, a, a pivot to it. And now here's another part of a joke where I'm talking about it, right? Almost not about the joke like from a meta perspective, but the significance of what is it, what, what are we talking about when I say women talk too much, or I'm making a joke about that. What am I saying when I say it's actually men don't talk enough, right? And then I go into that and then find punchlines and that sort of thing. So in striving to do what makes me feel most like myself, I've had this high level artistic creative fulfillment with uh, pursuing financial independence, getting not off the grid, but not being uh, in, obligated to the bank, right? The bank that owns part of my house, right? <laughs> that sort of thing. Not, uh, you know, having having a variety of passive incomes that enables me to give my daughter all the opportunities I want her to have while not, uh, you know, causing me and my wife to white knuckle it and, you know, hate each other and, and the whole system and say to my daughter, like, I did this all for you. You know, like that, that's what I'm talking about, financial independence. So there have been, I feel like in my life, but at a somewhat abstract way, have I been pursuing those things? And this, I'm getting to the coming clean moment, I, I promise. What I mean by doing, here, here's the best way to say it. I've told you about how I sometimes work on the morning pages, right? I sometimes get up and write, just kind of like free write. I try to do it before anything has happened, right? Before I look at my phone, before there's too much family engagement and family dynamic. But I have a, a primary journal in which that takes place, where I just sit down with a cup of coffee and a water, no music, no nothing, and longhand, just write, just start writing. Well, numerous times over the last year or so, I've been talking to you about morning pages. I've really been referring to sitting down to spend time with material. Sitting, sitting down to write jokes and expand my act, which I never feel like I have enough time to do. Then again, at the same time, last night I turned in 35 minutes that's fucking doing really well. I'm like, all right, dude, give yourself a break. That stuff, pretty good, strong. <laughs> anyway, I never feel like, which maybe is a sign of I'm a lot like Taylor Swift in that uh, I just want more perfection. I want, well, she puts out 10 records a year, dude. Well, I fucking work, and I, you know, I have a lot of obligations. All right, all right, I'm not Taylor Swift, and everyone, I apologize for even mentioning myself in the same breath as her. I have this primary morning pages journal, and when I was thinking after the Alfresco podcast, whatever I was talking about, about what I, doing what I love, and do being around people I love, and 
got me thinking about a little bit more about who I want to be. Still, like I said, I, I'm, I mean, I know who I am, but like I'm trying to be the best me that I can be. You know, it's, it's never too late to be who you are. Remember that. And if you're ever at Cal State San Marcos in San Diego, California, North County, San Diego, there is a brick in the ground with my name that I think I paid like $200 to etch into the ground with my name on it. It's never too late to be who you are. I believe that. I graduated fucking college at the age of 35. <laughs> okay. So in thinking about like what, not what I want to be, thinking more about the focus and homing in on, I've been big going back and forth on homing and honing. Homing means to close in on. Honing means to like refine. And I misuse them probably all the time. I do a lot of what makes me feel most like myself. But in my mind working on Friday, think it's, I mean, perk, my mind percolating on Friday after talking on a podcast about what I was talking about, simplifying things perhaps, did I, it come to me that what makes me feel most like myself above anything else and I'm not talking about like being a dad or a husband. I just mean like me individually engaged with the world. What makes me feel most like myself is at a high level artistic expression, which this may or may not be. This is a podcast. This is talking in my basement. But really what that means is writing for me or playing piano, you know, playing music. That feel, makes me feel most like myself is writing. And... In that journal that I mentioned doing the morning pages, I just having that, like at least starting the day, it focused exclusively on that. Just, it's almost like this podcast today because I'm recording this on Monday morning and the thoughts are just sort of spilling out, hopefully in a semi-coherent way. But I told you, I'm gacked on espresso and it might not be that like that. Friday, when we all have to get down, Friday, post-podcast all fresco, hanging out with my family. I had spots at the Laughing Skull, that sort of thing. Um, I was reflecting and thinking and went and found my, went and found. That's, that's how bad it was. I didn't exactly know where it was. My primary morning pages journal. And I dug into it and there have been intermittent, like, I'm, you know, entries that say, like, I'm in the basement, the ladies are upstairs getting breakfast ready, I'm doing this and that, or they're out for a walk, or the girl's still asleep. But they're like a sentence or two before shit pops off and I have to go back upstairs. And then I, I kept looking back for the last, like, exhaustive, not exhaustive, last entry that was clear that I'd done morning pages, which usually takes about 35 minutes. It's like one solid cup of coffee and, a, and, and it's like two longhand pages or a page and a half of longhand, right? I'm writing with a pen. It's like about 35 minutes. I was like, the, and I kind of like figured the last time that would have happened 
I was just kind of like looking, was like December of 2021. Almost a year and a half ago, just about a year and a half ago. Like I said, there have been subsequent entries, but the last full morning pages committed walls up, head down in the journal, writing for 35 minutes was a year and a half ago. And I feel like I almost I, I feel somewhat like a goddamn hypocrite espousing do what makes you feel most like yourself because that makes me feel most like myself. And I had not done it for a year and a half. I'm going to gently qualify my self-criticism and hypocritical nature. Like any good self-help person, except I'm actually doing it. I'm acknowledging where I have fallen short of my listeners. I do lots of things that are in that sweet spot of what makes me feel most like myself. And I don't do many, and very importantly, I don't do many that make me not feel most like myself. But that thing, sitting down and writing in the morning, wide-eyed with a cup of coffee and a, bot, a glass of whatever of water, free writing, which ideally in a world when I figure out my sleep and I figure out my daughter's school and I figure out stand-up comedy, would expand from 30 minutes to an hour to three hours to fucking eight hours a day. Right? With financial independence, of course. Why not? So I was blown away by this realization that I had not actually done it. Does not mean I had not sat down and written jokes and written on paper and stuff like that. But in this prized journal that my brother and sister-in-law gave me three years ago, four years ago, when they're like, dude, you're a writer. Here, write. That's literally what they said when they handed it to me. I hadn't done it in there for a year and a half. Now, if you were at Six Bridges Brewing last night, you wouldn't have known. <laughs> so what happened to me on that Friday was like, this is bullshit. This is unacceptable. And by the way, I've written in that thing and things like that for years. And almost, you know, I talk about doing what makes you most feel like yourself. Invariably, there is an entry, every third entry saying, do this more. This you love. You feel most like yourself when you're doing this. I hadn't done it for a year and a half in that book. And it was, uh, it was kind of a jarring realization. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not apologizing to you. I'm letting you into that. Uh, hopefully you find honesty in this. I, anyway. I hadn't done it. And that realization Friday, before I went and did my spots Friday night, I said to myself, you're going to get up tomorrow. The other thing here I want to be clear, uh, or I want to add is, my wife, I've told you, my wife and I, we don't idealize our own childhoods. And our folks got divorced. And, you know, we struggled to get a pregnancy to take, right? You've heard this. If you, by the way, uh, if you want to dip into miscarriage material or you're going through something like that, or you know someone who is like that, who's going through something like that or is challenged fertility-wise, there's a podcast back here 
way back in the archives. I think it's called We Should Talk About This More or We Don't Talk About This Enough. And that'll tell you about that. I, I'm not going to drag everybody else down into it. But what I'm getting at is we cherish our fortune in our little family unit. At least I think we do. I feel like we do. So, uh, and because of, you know, like I say, our background, our growing up was, you know, we don't idealize it, but we don't discuss, you know, what we wished it would have been or wasn't or any of that shit. You know, we're looking forward. Do we take what we have very, I don't know, very seriously, right? We feel like we're very fortunate. So, I will feel guilty if I'm like, hey, girl. And also, as older parents, it's like, we know we don't have... A hundred years left with this kid. So I'm figuring out the, you know, going down and writing or carving out time for myself or my wife carving out time for herself is good for the kid. But we're inclined to hang out. Hey, girls, hang out. <laughs> Let's have breakfast together. Let's go for a walk. You know, the, the, that's the default in our family is to come together. We have dinner at the same table every single night. It's not to um, good morning, everybody go their own separate direction. It's like just this morning we were sitting there watching the girl, you know, eat a pancake and talking to her about Taylor Swift and the day. Uh, but it's, you know, we'll see what it does for her. But it's, I won't say it's oriented around her, but it's oriented around the three of us communing quite a bit, which is what we've tried to <laughs> show the toddler the, uh, the upside of. Anyway, it's just a quiet little asterisk I'm hanging on. Why haven't you been down in the basement? Well, because there have been times where I probably felt like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to, you know, that also makes me feel most like myself. Anyway, the point is this. On Friday evening, I got in my, before I went to my spots, I got in my head like, it's also good for her if she sees me doing what makes me, it's the best thing. And parents are like, yeah, dude, you dummy. Well, I'm learning as I go here and I'm reflecting and I'm reflecting because I keep exploring, I think, and kicking the tires on my own life. It's great if she sees me doing what makes me feel most like myself. So I said to myself on Friday, uh, Saturday morning, you're going to get up at 7 o'clock or when the house gets up, 7, hopefully 7, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes 7.30 if we're all blessed. And I'm uh, going to get a cup of coffee, going to get water, and go down to the basement and write for... What is the morning pages? You know, 35 minutes, something like that. And then come up and rejoin the family for the second cup of coffee. We'll be on the porch. We'll talk about, you know, farmer's market and swimming and soccer and all that shit that's going to happen on Saturday. I'm just taking 30 minutes for myself. And knowing that I was going to do that on Friday, knowing that I was going to get up Saturday and do what made me feel most like myself, informed me informed how I move through the rest of the day. I'm a dude, I was thinking about it, I'm a dude who is in control of his life, who is doing what he wants to do. And I was talking about something I hadn't even done. How fucked is that? <laughs> Starting a parade for myself before I'd actually done the task on Saturday morning. But just feeling like I'm a, like, not I'm different from you all, but like just feeling like, meaning I'm talking about the crowd or society in general, not podcast listeners. I got up, I, I, I got, I, it gave me like a little swagger. Like I'm a dude, I'm somebody who does what he says he's going to do, 
who's going to not just do what he says he's going to do. He's going to do what makes him feel most like himself. I'm checking the box. I'm being consistent with what I feel. My actions are going to follow my attitudes, my beliefs. And I'm not doing it just for that reduction of dissonance. I'm doing it because I'm, I'm thriving when I do. Feeling like that informed my set on Friday. And I had a great time. It informed my, I, I was standing on stage as a dude in control of his own life. By in control of my own life simply by getting up the next day. You hadn't even done it. Anyway, I did it. On Saturday morning, I got up, got a cup of coffee, told the ladies without a big like, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm doing more of what makes me feel most like myself. I just said to him, I'm going to go uh, right in the basement for 30 minutes for the first cup of coffee, and I will see you when I come back up. I'll join you for the second cup, and we'll talk about the day. And I did it, and I wrote in longhand, and I reflected a little bit. I came to the realization uh, that that I can do it. Not came to the realization, but I just sort of explored it. You can see the, write, the writing starts like, it's Saturday morning at 7 a.m. I had a fun time last night. Today we have a big day. And then all of a sudden I start reflecting on like, I can't believe it's been 16 and a half months or whatever since I've done this. And this is, you know, I'm just like, and this is what I want to do. And this is what makes me feel most like myself. And I did it for 35 minutes, went up, had a, had a really good time with a journal, uh, and then went back up. And then I had a big Saturday with the family. The girl and I went, my wife went for a run or something. The girl and I went to Goodwill. We went to Farmer's Market, picked up bread, came back, got ready for soccer. It's a busy day. We went also, you know, not also, went to soccer, had a great time at soccer, came back, had a little snack, went to swimming on Saturday, came home, finally get the goddamn me time where I close my eyes, I'm out immediately. I wake up. I go to a five, I wake up like 40 minutes. I woke up like at 4.20, bruh, for the five o'clock. So I woke up at 4.20, splashed water on my face, went into the five o'clock spot, came home, came home. I told you, Laughing Skull is so nice. They let me do an early slot on the five o'clock, and then I leave, I come home, I do dinner and bath and bed and all that, and I'm back, and they let me go late on the eight o'clock show. Uh, and it was... What am I getting at? It was a full day. That's what I'm getting at. But on the both the 5 o'clock and the 8 o'clock, I had that swagger that I had Friday night, and the swagger was consistent of somebody who's living life on his own terms. I'm doing that anyway, but I felt most like I was... I, you sound a little aggressive when you say that. Are you sure there, bro? But... And then I got up, and so then I, I got up at 7 o'clock on Sunday, and I did the same thing. And this is Monday morning, and while I didn't, I got up at seven and I did go back to sleep. After the girl went to school, I immediately came down to the basement and did the podcast because this podcast is better for me, for you, if I'm doing it like this, fresh, energetic, thoughtful. I hope, reflective, maybe at times insightful, maybe at times like a guy who tells me I only need four hours of sleep, knuckleheaded. I don't know. But it's three days in a row where I feel like I'm doing, because this, this to me is a better podcast than one I record late on Monday night because you're expecting one on Tuesday morning. 
I can still, I still get into those once I start doing them. But this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. I'm living life on my own terms. And that informed my sets on Friday night. It informed my set on Saturday night. I came home, and I didn't tell my wife all this. She says she does not listen to podcasts. I hear her tell other people. She goes, I just figure it's his thing. And, you know, I'm like, dude, we need listeners. We always need more listeners. She follows me on Instagram. I'm like, anytime you see any of my shit, just like it, comment. <laughs> it's good for the algorithm. It informed how I moved. And this is, the, this is the learning that I would like to share. Just by doing for three days. This is my third consecutive day of getting up and doing first what makes me feel most like myself. I got up Sunday at 7. I came down. I did another morning pages for 35 minutes. I reflected on the swagger that it gave me unconsciously when I went and did my spot Saturday night. It informed me feeling like a husband. My wife, in between the five and the eight, was like, you want to have some wine? And I mean, yeah, let's hang out. have a glass of wine. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the baby. I, I was walking three days, by the way, as a guy, two days, as a guy who was living life, as he thought, on his terms. Gives a shit about, I don't want to say who gives a shit about, like, Ukraine. That's not what I mean. Who gives a shit about Disney banning books or books banning Disney and Disney, they're building a prison in Disney. Who gives a shit about dumb shit that doesn't matter? I'm doing most what feels like me. You know, I'm, I'm doing that thing. I just felt different. That's, that's what the learning. I felt different. And you know what? I think it even translated. It must have translated because I did it again Sunday, yesterday. It translated when I went up to Six Bridges Brewing in Milton, Georgia, and had a blast with those people. They saw somebody up there. They may not have known it. They saw someone standing on stage who was living life on his terms. Is this wanky? I don't know. That's for you to decide. I mean, I have to allow for the possibility that it's wanky. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that with you, that I do, generally speaking, what makes me feel most like myself, but I think, to not use a uh, writing analogy, to put a finer point on it, the more specificity we have in what makes you feel most like yourself, it's writing, okay? It's expressing, it's creating, it's talking to you. I mean, I, this, to me, is like writing. You know, I, I enjoy it, and it's fulfilling. Okay, and that's my coming clean. Wow, it went longer than I thought it would, but I actually didn't know how. It went longer than I knew. How about that? So thank you for listening. And to put a fine point on it, doing, finding the most, and now you know what I should do is I should go finer into that. What kind of writing? What are you trying to do with the writing? That, that sort of thing, you know? Um, be as specific as you can is what my I've learned. Be as specific as you can in what, quote, makes you feel most like yourself. And try to do that more. Do it once. Commit in your head to doing it and you'll feel better. And then just do it the next day. Does this mean I'm going to do it every single day for the rest of my life? No. I hope it does. But I know things are, I have a great life. But they're even better just over the last three days because I've done this. And no self-help asshole is going to tell you that. They're going to give you <laughs> some fake story about I bottomed out when I didn't get into my top choice of college. I'm 
fucking around. Have a great week. Come to Limerick tonight. It's Tuesday, Limerick. Uh, we have a great lineup, I'm sure. I'm Because you know what? I set the show up that way. Anyway, thank you for coming out in Six Bridges. If you're new to the podcast, tell everybody about it. And uh, follow me, answer me, or write me, yesjoesmith, gmail.com. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you on Friday.